Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. Welcome to Fightful. It's June 5th, 2023. We are here to talk WWE Raw. We're on YouTube.com slash Fightful. We're on Twitch. We're on Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. Please subscribe. It goes such a long way. We're here every night. Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, ROH, Impact, SmackDown, and Soon Collision. That's in addition to uh, several shows throughout the week, all free for you guys. We do have ways that you can support us. We'll tell you about those momentarily. We've got Kate joining us here. Hello. Denise Denise is at a graduation. We got Kate filling in. And the fortunate thing about that is is Kate isn't educated at all, so we don't have to worry about her going to graduations. Uh, She dropped out in the seventh grade. I'm so educated that I've already completed all the graduations that I could. I have my PhD, master's, and everything, uh, including (laughs) wrestling. So I'm glad to be here as Dr. Doctorate of Chicken Tendies, (laughs) Kate Elizabeth. So we will skip over the the Money in the Bank qualifiers for sure tonight, as I'm sure Kate did. Please leave a thumbs up on this video if you want to support us. There are a number of ways. If you want to get your question or statement read on the air, you can donate a super chat here at youtube.com slash Fightful or humperchats.com. We would greatly appreciate it. Somebody said, a graduation at 8 p.m.? Well, uh, this may come as a surprise, but Denise is on the West Coast. So, uh, yes, they do, in fact, have graduations at 5 p.m. there, which would keep her from watching the show. But you can donate Super Chats or Humper Chats. Get your question or statement read on the air. WWE has been on a roll lately with their numbers. They had a huge number for SmackDown. They've been selling out venues uh, left and right. All kinds of stuff there, so... Uh, get your questions, get your statements in, and we will talk about this fancy stuff. Kate, what do you think of Raw tonight? Can't wait to hear you bury it so I can bury you. Well, first of all, you're going to be a little disappointed because I thought it was a lot better tonight than we've seen the past couple. Look, just because I get sour with Pulowski doesn't mean I can't recognize some things wow. are pretty good. I'm leaving. I actually think it was a quite a rib on Alex Pulowski that we got a pretty good raw tonight and he's not here to talk about it. Yep. Um, 
I, th- I thought this was a really strong show. I liked that we had three women's matches, despite the ribs that you were making before. I thought the pacing of the show was a lot better. And I feel like Raw is generally at its best when they let the matches breathe a little bit. And we got some incredible matches here tonight. I thought KO and Gunther was like an absolute classic. And I loved the main event. So I thought the, the pacing was a lot better. And it always seems to be like when they go back to being really simple, fundamental things on Raw that I feel like they're able to fill up a three-hour challenge a lot yeah. easier. A lot felt like it mattered on tonight's show. Now, there were some tropes that that I wish they would avoid, but you know what? All in all, I thought this was one of my favorite Raws of the year. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy being here with us. Leave a thumbs up on this video. I cannot begin to tell you how important that is. That means an awful lot. When we do an ad break or something like that, go to our little comment section. Tell us your favorite, least favorite part of WWE Raw. That helps people find us as well. We've been dropping a bunch of interviews lately from uh, Jody Threat. A steal of all people was on Wrestling Perspective today. Uh, we've had Will Ospreay, Darby Allen, all kinds of stuff. Cheeseburger, and I've heard, right? Yeah, cheeseburger. I've, I've been uh, preparing a long-form feature on Nick Comoroto, one of the only interviews that, that he's ever done. And I've been working on this one for a very long time. And Alex is in the chat. <laughs> I'm going to take credit for raw being good tonight. Hunter knows I'm on vacation. He decided to sneak one while I'm gone. <laughs> See, this is what Alex should do. He won't be able to stay away. So he should do like a raw is blind as well. Ooh, like, there you go. <laughs> just give him that content over on fightfulselect.com. But Hey, if you want to support us even more, if this just isn't enough for you, I do Q&As on FightfulSelect.com every week. Grapsity does them every other week. Tonight, we had some news on Vince McMahon being backstage at WWE Raw. We had news on Andrade and what he didn't want to do recently <laughs> uh, backstage at AEW. Uh, we've got, uh, we had uh, news on Caden Carter and Katana Chance, which... We will back pat ourselves about later on and news on Braun Strowman. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. It's just $5 a month, but we've already got some super chat. Mr. Acosta saying solid raw tonight, probably my favorite of 2023. And Matthew Plus says, are people really reading into events going to a show that's only an hour away from his office? That's yeah. This did not feel like a Vince McMahon show, but that being said, there were some raws a couple years ago that didn't feel like Vince McMahon Raws that had some pretty deep stuff. Vince McMahon has been making changes to WWE Raw. He's just been doing it via phone lately. Now, I can tell you, we had reported on FightfulSelect.com uh, tonight. He was in Gorilla. It, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. People were telling me it was far less hectic to, to be there tonight than it was at Raw after Mania when they didn't know what the hell the future held for them, Kate, because they're talking about uh, you know a, a merger, a business change, And now they've kind of seen what they're dealing with here. They can see that it's largely Triple H's vision with a lot of Vince McMahon changes. But this felt like a very progressive show as far as WWE went. Yeah, I thought tonight was was a really productive use of their time. And I understand why people got jittery because the last time we saw that Vince was at a show, I think pretty much everyone (laughs) felt like the Raw after Mania was not so great and productive. Um, but this was a, a really, really strong show tonight. And 
uh, Matthew Plus knows better than to think that people won't look into something or read into something on the internet. I can't. I can't report anything about Vince without people being like, "Oh, you're being doom and gloom about Vince." I'm like, no, I was doom and gloom about Vince for the five years before he left. <laughs> yeah. Like now, I'm like, anything is better than what we had. Sure. Before, but. We've got uh, Adrian Wells. Man, that guy is always so generous to us. He renewed his YouTube membership. We've had our YouTube memberships active for, for a while. I just don't push them a lot because we've got so many other you know, ways to support us. But what I've been doing is I've been finding uh, some hidden clips, some lost clips, some behind-the-scenes stuff. We found some interviews that we're probably not going to release for various reasons, whether it be uh, audio quality, video quality, or whatever. But a lot – there was – one time somebody was getting tattooed during our interview and I said, I will not release that. Uh, but we're <laughs> releasing a lot of stuff on this YouTube membership thing that, that we had just uh, kind of uh, decided we weren't going to, but we're going to leave that to, for our YouTube members. And he's always uh, gifting a lot of those. So big thank you to him as always. But uh, we're going to start off actually with Becky defeating Sonia in the Money in the Bank qualifying match. And this is one of those situations where each week I watch Becky Lynch work and I'm like, okay, after not seeing her work for the period that we missed her, I'm not going to take seeing her wrestle for granted because one day we won't be able to. And I think that her work since then has been way better than what it was even before. And I thought she was good then. That being said, there were some spots in this that I was like, man, production should have done a lot better. Like they completely missed her getting the, like working the disarmor on Sonya. And I felt like this started a trend tonight of interference, 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 interference. I want to see some clean finishes here and there. I don't think that this needed all that. Obviously, naturally, Chelsea is going to interfere but I would have liked to have seen something sort of thwart that. I feel like there could have been at least two matches on this show that went without it. That being said, I'm a sucker for match with stakes and Becky Lynch has added stakes to this herself, Kate, because she in her own media interviews has said, everybody keeps asking me, what can I do that I haven't done money in the bank is what I haven't done. So uh, I, I appreciate that. She's going the extra mile and doing that. what do you think about this match? So uh, I agree with you on the production. Unfortunately, I couldn't tell if there were parts of the match that felt disjointed or it was part of the flow that felt disjointed from the production. But overall, I really liked it. I liked seeing an 11-minute match. Um, and I I loved uh, what you said about Becky. Just sometimes she comes up out and you're like, every second that she's out there, she just feels like a star. I think it's, it's really smart of them to have Bianca and her on separate products because I feel like they both bring that to their respective brands of just like the second they walk out that curtain, you're just like a star is on my television right now. I loved the barricade spots where she just kept picking up Sonya and Chelsea yeah. and throwing them in and then was like, I'm not done. Um, and I, I think we also had Sonya off the top rope into, I can't remember if it was a manhandle slam or a Bexploder, but it was great. Um, really, really, really good stuff in this. I agree with you that, the Chelsea interference made sense and and should be there, especially with the type of characters that they are. We didn't really get interference so much as Trish and Zoe just standing at the top of the ramp, which was yeah. just more weird than anything. I think it was uh, a little bit too much 
of a, a spoon-fed thing of reminding us what the angle is. Like we we know. Um, but I'm interested to see if, if Becky evens up the score with Piper Niven or, or somebody else because she could use some friends. I, I think it could be good if they're going to keep lurking around like this. We got Mishin and Bailey and then uh, Shotzi and EO on Friday. And then I th- I think we've got at least one more from Raw. And KE775 says, who do you think gets the last one on Raw? It would make an awful lot of sense for Raquel unless Raquel gets the shot at money in the bank, but I, I don't know if that'll happen. I look at Raquel and, and Rhea and I'm like, all right, well, that's, that's a big time match that they can do. Uh, but Raquel being in money in the bank also makes an awful lot of sense to me. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where my head's at. I can't imagine they wouldn't have Raquel in there just for the type of worker that she is as well. Being in a, a multi-man ladder match like that is, is a good call. And I don't know where the hell Piper Niven is right now, but I mean, even her challenging in the UK with her ties to NXT UK could make a lot of sense too. Cause right now we know that nobody's beating Rhea either. Uh, rock hard. Joel Wood says raw after mania with Vince backstage, worst raw of the year, Vince backstage, best raw of the year. I give up trying to predict the direction <laughs> of this company. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there were many Raws that were both the best and worst of the year with Vince McMahon backstage in prior years. So it's true. There you, you can just sit back go. and watch. You don't even have to. I mean, subscribe yeah. to Fight Plus Select to find out, but you can Please just sit do. back and watch. Please do. We got a bunch of cool scoops coming this week. Last week, we had a lot of contract stuff too. So subscribe. We've got KO shouting at Imperium backstage. I love that KO is just flying off the handle at all times. And he's not afraid of Gunther at all. Uh, to the point to where he immediately is like, no, we're going to fight. I'm tired of yelling about this. So let's go fight. And they, you, you know, even though Kevin Owens probably qualifies, he's very rarely referred to as a sirloin beef sons of bitch. Tonight. That's true. Tonight, he was a sirloin beef sons of bitch. And there aren't many of them. Wardlow is, is one of the few that do like swantons and stuff. This was fantastic. And again, we had a bunch of interference involved. I know you want to protect KO here, but Gunther, I don't know if Gunther needs that much protection. I'm I'm a little bit conflicted there. I don't hate it. I don't love it. But I just love this match existing because if they're not going to do it in a big situation, they're not going to do it on a big pay-per-view or anything like that. Sure, give it to me on Raw for 20 minutes. And they went and absolutely slapped. This was a hell of a match. And this made me be like, hell yeah. This this is what I want to see more on Raw. I agree. And I, I didn't love the shenanigans either, especially because they're both champions right now. Right. So I, I feel like you don't need to do so much protection when they are of equal caliber. That's also why I like KO not being afraid as he's a tag champion. Uh, Gunther is a champion. Um, Kevin Owens has a, a pretty, a, a, a solid acumen in this business. He's a multi-time champion before this as well. So I, I feel like you don't need to do that when the, the pedigrees are, are the same in that sense, but Gosh, that was fun to watch. All of the suplexes, the German suplexes, the fisherman suplexes in this were absolutely textbook. Um, the cannonball spot was so much fun. I loved this outside of the finish. But even even with the roll-up, which I normally can't stand because I, I do think it's overdone, 
it kind of felt like Gunther had urgency to put him away. Yeah. Like it, that part, I, I do appreciate. Like if you're going to use it, it has to seem like I need to take advantage of this opportunity to win because this person's actually taking me to my limit. So that I, I actually did kind of appreciate about it. It just feels like they, they went out of their way to create something that they didn't need to. And when you have such a classic going on, it's almost like, oh, don't taint it with, <laughs> with that stuff. Just let this yeah. breathe. But uh, minor complaints in what was an awesome match. And I love that Ko was fired up about music tropes last week. I love that he's fired mm-hmm. up and and feels like he can take on Guther because why shouldn't he right now? Like I he's, I like that he's, he was. He's a WrestleMania. He's a two time WrestleMania main eventer, a former world champion. He should feel like he can compete with Guther, and <laughs> Guther should absolutely. I'll say this every week. Absolutely break Honky Tonk Man's record, and somewhere along that period, he should chop honky tonk man to dust and i believe raw or smackdown is in memphis like a week or two before the record Ooh, okay i'm just saying now the the ko gunter thing like ko's selling was just so amazing so damn good uh i just i just loved it and, and you mentioned the roll up i got so tired of roll ups like before like a year ago when vince went away like every other match it felt like it and not only that so many of them that we saw were lazy roll-ups now i love it when a good pin beats a good wrestler i'll say this again diesel bret hart survivor series 95 one of my favorite finishes ever the small package on diesel he couldn't kick out however so many of the roll-ups we saw and especially in the 24 7 division when it existed were somebody just flat on their back with no weight on their shoulders going eh. Eh. Like this, it was so weird. That's or not the way music that... hits. Distracted. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, JD Drake yelled at me for hating the roll up and not the context. So I've learned yeah. my lesson. So it's it's the context that the roll up is in. I was just overwrought on it. <laughs> a good a good pin. A, put weight on the shoulders. All that stuff. It can work. This one worked. I don't blame you for being sick of them when they happened all the time. And they didn't look good because. If you ain't got any weight on somebody's shoulders, they should automatically kick out and then just redo the pin. Like it was just something that should be. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say this one was great. And I think Roxanne beat Mako Satamora in her title defense with a really, really good one. And um, it made me appreciate it more when it's well executed. And it it feels like you're genuinely trying to win the match with it right then because you have to. Yeah, weight across the thighs, legs that put on the shoulders. That's that good stuff. I wish more wrestling schools would teach people if the pin doesn't look good, kick out and just go into another one right right after that. Uh, Orion Ben says, KO is tired of everyone and everything. I'm here for it. <laughs> and so I, I do too. Hey, he's so <laughs> short fused right now. Meet Normus says, Sup, partners. Gunther's KO is my sirloin beef sons of bitches match of the night. Five out of five pork chops. Yeah, this one this one gave me a lot of hope. And by the end of the night, I was like, hell yeah. Well, uh, Giovanni Vinci and Kaiser are backstage uh, interrupting Matt Riddle, who just proceeds to whip their asses. <laughs> it's like, he's like, no, I'm done with this. I'm sick of this. He's... <laughs> He was like he was like Beavis and and Beavis and Butthead do America where he's he's sick of not scoring anymore. He's had enough. He's he's not he's not gonna stand for this anymore. He's been through so much shit. 
And then he applies the ankle lock. I love this. Not my favorite. <laughs> I think you got to see the aggressive side of Riddle. I think it can be absolutely corny. Like, this is definitely the Ninja Turtles movie of segments. Uh, if we're talking about WWE Raw, what didn't you like about it? <laughs> it was the Ninja Turtles movie of segments on tonight's episode of WWE Raw. I think yeah. that's where this was in the show, too. But it's like, I lo- I really like the in-ring of Riddle. And I like when he feels like a badass. When it's contrasted against the stoner thing, it doesn't like click in for me necessarily. I, I don't have a ton of interest in this. That being said, I think a, a Riddle and Gunther in-ring program is going to be fantastic. Um, the characters just not for me in this segment just felt very out sure. of left field. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can see that. It was that. a little jarring, I think. We got a Johnny Gargano video package. Listen, bro, all you got to do is say, I grew up in Cleveland. I believe you're tough, if that's Adversity. the case. Adversity. <laughs> you you root for the worst teams. You live in the worst city. You get the coldest, nastiest, ugliest, worst weather. I mean, I that's all I need to hear. But uh, we had the Candace video last week. KE775 says, Candace's video package last week, Gargano's this week, is setting the stage for the Way's return in the near future. I hope so, because I think that they sort of need each other right now. I think that the Johnny Gargano that we saw much of last year deviated too much from the Johnny that people fell in love with. The the Johnny that a lot of people fell in love with was the one having killer matches. But with this audience, you do have to give them a little bit of something to invest in as opposed to that NXT audience who was already invested in him. So I think you do need the way. I'm ready for Tommaso Ciampa to come back. And I really want Kate for Tommaso Ciampa to be looked at by this family like he's the weirdo. Like I want Dexter Loomis to like <laughs> treat him like he's the weird one. And to be creeped out by him. Because originally I, I was cool with them like embracing the oddities. And then Candace and Johnny would just be the normal parents of like Nikki and all these these Eric Young. Anybody that was, was around at that point. But uh, the video packages, we're seeing more of these for talent. What are they doing for you? Uh, This felt a little bit corny to me. Probably because I was one of the ones that like was in love with the Johnny wrestling that we saw in the black and gold era. This was definitely better, I, I feel like, than Candace's. That felt a little off base because most of my memories of her are in war games and they really pushed home like the fairy tale thing. But if they're leading into the way, which it seems like they are, I think this will all make more sense when they're all kind of put together comprehensively. Please let this be Chompa coming back. Please, please, please. I need a DIY versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn feud. They have such paralleled history of um, being friends and then not being friends and being tag champions and being singles champions. Like there's so much great reflective work that these two teams could do against each other. I don't think you have to have a hard face and heel situation with the complexities of the stories that they could tell in ring. I think it would be a whole heck of a lot of fun as well. So um, I, I like where this is going. I think the sum of the whole will be greater than the parts with these vignettes. I'm hoping The Raw Tag Team Division right now, which, by the way, Indu Share had a quote-unquote match with Cedric and Shelton where they, they beat up Cedric before. And and if, the, if I, they got to the ring and I saw two nameless jobbers, I would have been frustrated because we've seen that. However, with this, I can tell they're moving on to something else. 
Raw's tag team division right now has Indu Share, who they're very clearly pushing. Seems like they're obviously going to push them towards that uh, India PLE or or live event, whatever that may be. But Alpha Academy, who are very over. Cedric and Shelton, who are you know, incredible in the ring. Imperium, we know their value. Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis, hopefully, probably Tommaso Ciampa soon. Judgment Day. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Los Lotharios, Maximum Male Models, New Day, and Viking Raiders. There's a lot of potential there. It's a matter of harnessing that potential and showcasing it and, and doing something special with it. I just hope that we get that because, when, for example, when I was told ahead of WrestleMania, Charlotte and Rhea have never been told that they are going to main event Mania. And somebody said, well, if they do, it's so women can main event WrestleMania for the for, for this year. And I sat there and I said, the tag titles have never main evented WrestleMania. Never, ever, ever. You've never had anybody of Sami Zayn's descent that's uh, headlined WrestleMania. So they elevated those titles to such a degree. And that's, I, I just want to see something special done with them. And I think they have the tools. It's just a matter of the booking. I agree. So we'll I feel see. like there's a lot of um, a lot of teams that are being used as okay. underlings for solos competitors, and I would like to see them get sure. away from from that because I just love tag team wrestling, and I th- I think it's really special. And like you said, the the pieces are all there if they would set up and arrange them right. And I also um, I I liked that Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Michael Jordan then said, I, I'd take that personally. They put us in the main event because yeah. they put on one of the best women's matches of all time. So, um, But I agree with you. I, I think um, I, I think tag wrestling deserves to be its own spotlight and, and feature in, in WWE. And I also think Cedric and Shelton are a great tag team, and I don't want to see them getting smushed all the time. I want to see them taking meaningful losses to get to somewhere. Yeah. I've got no problem with them losing to Indu Share in a competitive match if you're going to push Indu Share. I think that this 
despite this being into shares like sixth chance collectively, uh, I think this is probably their best chance because Triple H recognizes who these guys are. And hopefully he recognizes they are more than the typical savages that he would just book them as. They're they're both very talented, very athletic. And for the love of God, we've seen how Veer dresses. For the love of God, let the guy come out there and, and wear some suits. So cool. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and capitalize on that. It and- reminds me a lot of a few years ago when WWE would have everybody wear merch stuff. And then I had so many sports agents that would tell me once they nixed that rule, and especially the women were just allowed to wear what they wanted. There were a lot of brand deals that came their way as a result. I look at that opportunity and I'm like, listen, I know how you want to book these two, but we Veer is so interesting that Disney made a movie about him. Let's, let's remind people of that too. Um, and but I've got on a, NXT go too, you would see Sanga and the he was extremely charismatic. Like <clears throat> Alex and I, it's called sour graps, right? We're pretty hypercritical over there, but like he would just be, and part of it was they just let him be himself and be a face. It wasn't like big angry guy all the time, and and it really showed through in the interactions he would have in those backstage segments, and and some of those are not advantageous to that type of charisma. A lot of them feel kind of more like after school special (laughs) temperament. So the fact that he was able to break through was something that was one of the more rewarding talents to see. And I hope they lean into that side of it because Veer definitely has that too. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. If they let it go in the direction that I know it can go. Cody says, rank your top five Lacey Evans repackagings. Listen, (laughs) uh, I I've not exactly been shy about my, my feelings about some of the things Lacey said, but I ain't got a problem with them doing like, sergeant slaughter female version i mean especially with somebody who honest to god served but there's a lot of repackages there's a lot and ain't none of them worked yet no none of them have worked yet even the one where the poor gal went and spilled her trauma for five weeks and then they were like we don't know if you're a face or a heel Uh, i i felt sincerely very bad about that but um, I, I don't really weigh in on the Marine stuff. If you want to hear that, my Friday night co-host is a Marine and had his own thoughts on, on that. But um, sometimes you got to stick with something to see if it's going to work and not just well, plug repackage. I have watched multiple The Marine movies. so Oh, you're qualified then. Qualified. Shout out to which, Robert Patrick, a great villain. Uh, which Marine got, movie was your favorite and why? Oh, the first one by far was the better, best one. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good, <laughs> but I, I legitimately will watch almost anything that Robert Patrick is in because I think he's a great villain. Uh, Isaac Schwitter says, do y'all think Drew will reti- return soon? Who would you like to see him feud with upon his return? So it seems like they're headed towards Finn and Rollins, and that makes sense if you're about to do a pay-per-view in the UK due to proximity, but also having drew on this show in some capacity in the UK makes an awful lot of sense because I know one of the reasons that WDB is doing it, they're doing it in prime time in the UK ahead of rights fee renewals in the UK. So they can do the whole thing where they're over there and they, they hold court with a lot of these places and they say, look what we can give you. We can give you this special atmosphere. It's what they've been doing all year. Kate Alamo dome, SoFi stadium, uh, Puerto Rico, Montreal, they're saying, look what we can bring to your city. Give us lots of money to do that. Oh, by the way, we're on TV. Give us lots of money for that too. Um, 
I think that Drew should come back and face somebody that's at least a somewhat formidable opponent, but it can't be Gunther because he'd have to beat Gunther in the UK. That's the Drew's tricky win thing. Yeah. Who would you who would you put him up against? He's on the raw roster. It can't be Miz. If I if I had my druthers, this is a betrayal of what they set up tonight. I would have done Cody and Drew in the UK, and then Brock probably costing Cody to set up their SummerSlam match. Like. Drew needs to be a heel. That's what they need to do. Uh, Tim Winnegar says, could you see Riddle fighting in the UFC again? Seems like he wants to fight more. I am all for it. So I, I again, have not talked to Riddle at all, really, since uh, he joined WWE. But I can tell you in like 2017, when he wasn't making really that much money on the indies, he was like, no, I'm good. He's like, I'm <laughs> I'm all set. He's like, weight cutting, all that stuff, which a lot of people forget. And it's wild to think. Matt Riddle used to fight at 170 pounds. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy is a smooth 212, 220 now. So if he fought, he'd probably fight at 205, maybe. And I don't know. I, I have no idea what his motivation level, but obviously with the UFC, WWE, bit of a partnership there. You could see uh, you could see that happen. I think it's more likely. I think it's probably more likely that you see him do like a like celebrity grappling type of thing. I could see him do that. I think that will start to appear on the undercards of a lot of like celebrity boxing shows and all that. But you know what? Whether it's WWE, UFC, bare knuckle, celebrity boxing, any number of those things nordvpn.com slash Fightful has you covered because it'll let you get pay-per-views at a much more affordable rate. I'm ordering that UFC pay-per-view this Saturday. Guess what I'm not doing? Not paying 80 bucks for it. That's because the NordVPN subscription I have allows me to subscribe to services overseas by changing my virtual location with just one click. And hey, you know what? If I'm having trouble finding it, They've got 24-7 tech support on NordVPN.com slash Fightful. So I'm paying 15 bucks for it. So, hey, I'm right out of the gate saving 65 bucks. That's effectively paying for the NordVPN service itself. And then whenever the WWE Network uh, you know, doesn't get to pop up here in the States because it's geo-blocked, I get to subscribe to that via overseas services as well. Get that interface that I love. The AEW shows every Wednesday I watch without commercials because I've got AEW Plus via fight with those overseas services. So I get to see all the action there. NordVPN is a must if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a pay-per-view buyer. I can't tell you how many boxing pay-per-views I have bought at discounted rates thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. And listen, I don't know what kind of pay-per-views Kate's over here ordering, but I bet you she can get them at a better rate by changing her virtual location with just one click. 30-day money-back guarantee. It's got so many features well beyond that. It's got the best ad blocker I've ever seen. And you know what? That's cutting into my business. I I'm taking money out of my own pocket right here by telling you this. Check it out. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Ooh, I forgot about this frame. Look at that. Kate. Ooh, uh, look at this us. Kate. Kate. 
Oh, man. We have the Caden and Katana promo. FightfulSelect.com, best $5 in the business, reported this afternoon, uh, actually via Jeremy Lambert, I should say. I should give him credit that uh, Katana and Caden would be imminently featured or, or brought up creatively, and they were. They had a vignette. Then they had a match with Ronda and Shayna. And Katana and Caden, I think, are in a sink or swim situation. There are a lot of people that don't think they're prepared or ready to be up. I've looked at them for the last three years as an act that I was like, yeah, they're just going to get called up one day. That's just going to happen. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> and we have seen so many acts like Elias, like Braun Strowman, uh, like Alexa Bliss, like Carmella, that didn't have necessarily extended or spectacular NXT runs. Then they come up to the main roster and all of a sudden they hit. And they do perfectly fine. Caden uh, and Katana, I think, could be that. Now, there are obviously some hiccups. Shane and Ronda had to help them out an awful lot with those ca like catching on the dives outside. But there were, I think, some glimpses of hope here. And ultimately, you got to throw them into the fire. And they're going to be cuts in NXT. That's always going to happen as they cycle talent in and out. But obviously, they see enough in Caden and Katana to where they're like, Let's give them a crack here. I think they can be a valuable addition to the tag team division. I didn't think this was bad. I thought this was pretty serviceable. But you are a more regular watcher of NXT on, on time than I am. I binge watch. How did you feel about this debut out of these two? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was an appropriate match length. I just don't understand if you were going to have Ronda and Shayna win, why it wasn't for the titles or do like um, a non-proving ground, proving ground type, type type thing over here where if you can hang with the champ for a certain amount of time or whatever, like I, I wish they had put some stakes behind it instead of, hey, here's a debut. They're going to win. Just have the, the titles on the line here. But they were a team that um, was one of the few that had a length of any real substance. And I think they grew a lot in that time. And they were also a team that, to your point, was just kind of kicking around there. They, they didn't really have anything creatively for them um, once their title reign was up and once they broke up Tox Toxic Attraction, there really wasn't a women's tag division too much outside of the spooky Scottish gals that got called up on SmackDown as well. So they were kind of working level up and, and just floating around. And to your point, it was kind of like a, a now or never thing. But I thought this was great. I think Caden especially has has something really special to her. She really, really lays her moves in. She's come a really long way, has a super unique look to her too. I, I think she. She looks great. So um, I'm excited to see where they go from here. I hope it's not like a, hey, we're going to split them up situation because I, I think they are better as a unit than they are kind of on, on their own. I, I think they found a, a nice balance between what each of them bring to the table. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this this was a, a unique look at Rhonda being a leader in the ring, which... A lot of times she's the one being led in the ring, even though her skill set is, I'm going to grab you, throw you, and there's not much you can really do about <laughs> it. Uh, and Shayna is is a natural leader in the ring. Like she's she's a natural teacher, coach, all that stuff. You want Caden and and Casey or Katana to work with the likes of Shayna Baszler, where if something in their offense isn't quite up to par or goes wrong, Shayna's going to cover for it. Like Shayna's going to be able to to do that. I love the finish too, that back suplex into the clutch at the end. I, I, Shayna just looks so vicious with that type She's of great. stuff. It was so good.
that woman is a wrestling genius, both from a, a shoot and a work perspective. Reminder, guys, get your super chats, get your humper chats in. Matthew Plus says, Sean, I give your leadership credit. You gave Lambert credit for uh, the Caden story when you just could have not. Your team must appreciate it. A good example. Hey, I mean, the more people breaking accurate news, especially within our own team, the better for me because it's just it's just good. And I, I'm if even if we don't break a story, I think that we are the best outlet at following up and getting uh, subsequent details on it because I think our our Rolodex is unmatched in wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, there. I mean, I don't benefit from not giving somebody credit for the work that they did, and Jeremy did really good work there. Sean's a great leader. It, all that starts at the top. So, K seven seven five says, "What do you think is next for Rhea? Her first two title programs since Mania weren't great. Seems like she needs a major program going into the summer." I feel like a lot of this, Kate, is biding time for the eventual WrestleMania match, Bianca Rhea next year, which I think could headline a, a night of Mania and should, but. um, Raquel, I think, is one that makes a lot of sense. And the way that I put this with MJF's title reign, and I'll say the same with Rhea heading into Mania next year, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're leading in the second and third quarter. It matters who's winning when time expires. And if Rhea is the champion then and has a a nice reign behind her, much like I look at MJF and his 2024 thing, if he's got the title when he's about to quote-unquote leave, that's what's important. But Rhea, this is so very clearly her time, and Mania was so very clearly a crowning moment for her, and she is by far the most over person from a transcendent standpoint. They highlighted it with how many TikTok followers she has tonight. I think that she's probably got to hold this. They just need to develop some compelling challengers for her to make us go, maybe they'll switch it. Raquel seems to be the one for me. Who else you got? Oh, Becky, for sure. Once mm-hmm. once this Trish story is cleared out, I think there's just something really, really special to be had there based on, to your point earlier, Becky's in-ring work is at an all-time high. And the type of face she is with the type of heel Rhea is, I think you would just have uproarious <laughs> boos and cheers. Uh, I, I think a long-term program between the two of them, maybe to get you through that, that weird fall into winter programming where things tend to go amok before you're setting up for that Royal Rumble season. There could, could be some really special stuff to happen in that time. We've got uh, Jonathan Corona says WWE needs a women's intercontinental championship and a trios championship. And I think they will be good. The thing that I had pitched earlier this year was I would have loved Bianca and Rhea to have had a title unification at mania next year. And then the title floats because naturally the women's divisions are thinner because they're not as there aren't as many and then introduce a women's intercontinental championship along the way too, which also floats. And then you just have that rule that the women's title floats and it makes an awful lot of sense there. But yeah, I mean the women very clearly won an intercontinental title and I think that would make an awful lot of sense. And then on one brand, you could have the title program and on the other program, you have somebody contending for, another title or who's next for one of those titles. I think it just makes sense. I think let's Chris, see if we can get the tag division cemented and God, then worry about a, 
another secondary title because it, it's never felt like that's had its legs underneath it. And you're now getting four women on screen instead of two. Absolutely. Christian J says, Dr. Chicken Tendy's in the house. What up? One half of my favorite <laughs> fightful duo, Miss Kate Fabe. I might miss the other post shows, but I never miss NXT sour graps. Y'all got something going on over there. We Y'all do. got something going on <laughs> over there. But Alex Man. is out tomorrow. So tune in for a very special edition. What are you um, going to do? I'll tell you off air. You know, we, you know, we do bits. <laughs> I do bits. I don't even do bits on my own shows anymore. I used to do bits on my own shows all the time. Now I just save them for you guys. You guys. Well, thank you. And in the weeds, I eat eggs on in the weeds every <laughs> week, which legitimately in the weeds with Jeremy Lambert and Joel Pearl has become uh, one of my favorite wrestling podcasts. So check out Fightful Overbooked every uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 to noon. Uh, Jeremy and Joel do a great job. They get a lot of great guests. So check that out. Also, I want to shout out Grapsity. Just like out of nowhere, they're like, yeah, we're going to get Chris Hero to tell us he's not retired. And they did. People have been asking me about that for like three years. And they just got him to not say it on a random Saturday. I love it. Bonkers. <laughs> uh, Reg and Phil are doing incredible work. They have not missed a beat since uh, that AEW shill. Will Washington left. Shill's going to shill, <laughs> man. They even got Will back on the show. I know. My Unreal. goodness. They are killing it. I love Reg and, and Phil. They're doing great. Matthew Plus says, Luis just turned heel on me. Now we got heat. I believe it. I believe it. SAS says, who are your title match predictions for SummerSlam? <sighs> you know, the more I think about it, I would kind of like Reigns versus Jimmy versus Jay. Oh, I could see that. I could see and that. And you have... You have the the threat of will one brother lay down for the other brother just to get the title off of Roman type of thing. I or think there's, there's a lot to that. That doesn't work for me, brother. Maybe. Ah? Ah? Ah. And I think Rollins versus Drew at SummerSlam makes an awful lot of sense because if he's beating Cody, thanks to Brock, well, why would Drew not get a title shot at SummerSlam? 100%. Yep. That's what I think makes sense. I don't know how I feel about Cody and Brock running it back at SummerSlam, showing that crowd something for the third time. If they go dog collar, which apparently the, it's, you know, rumors say they're not, that would, that'd be one thing. There, there'd be some, I some sentimental aspect that you don't want to see that. Why not? Why do you hate, why do you hate Cody? Is it, is it because of his tattoo? Do you hate white people like Denise? What's going on here? <laughs> The idea of Brock Lesnar in a dog collar match, not for me. I not love it. Um, Poor Cody. Don't book him for September because you don't know if he'll still be around. Here's what they'll the do. Case. It's it's supposed to be a dog collar match, but then he'll have broken his neck. And we will have not been able to do it. And then Brock will spend 10 minutes just attacking his neck that's already in a brace no i'm <laughs> i don't need to see no it. way no way <laughs> guys uh get your super chats get your humper chats in sports kingdom says goldberg in the elite i think it's becoming more likely that we see an appearance by the day AEW's always wanted him matthew plus says hey katie t is this a gimmick is he misspelling my name on purpose is this a bit i mean my name's kate and not katie and this never happened yeah. and he's a troll, but thanks for the money, Maddie Plus. <laughs> to get me to pee. 
What's amazing is Luis said, no, okay. we're not doing this. And then you pulled it up anyway. Okay. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell this on the Raw show, but I had a friend and he was so, he was so weird. He his way of saying that somebody was attractive, male or female, is like, man, I'd pee on them. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus like, Christ. With no context of a jellyfish no. thing? At least there was a jellyfish no, 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 context no, no. there. No. And then, <laughs> and then I was like on vacation at a beach. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to mess with him. I'm going to mess with him. I'm going to tell him that somebody got stung by a jellyfish. And I was like going to set it up and be like that. And I called him up and I was like, John, you're going to be so proud of me. And he just cuts me off and he goes, you peed on her, didn't you? I was like, it's like, well, see what I don't like about this is you've now justified Maddie plus sending in chats like this. So thank you. No, it it was the joke was because he was a weird part. No, that never, that would have never happened. No, if a jellyfish thing happens, I ain't doing it then. Ain't doing it recreationally. Ain't doing it for funsies. None of that. That guy was strange. Uh, you have to Christian describe him as a friend. a friend. Please do check in uh, tomorrow. Please do check it out. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, he he's. I just want to say this. That dude is very successful now. He's extremely successful, like disturbingly. Is he a lead wrestling writer, Sean? And is he a part (laughs) owner of a media outlet, this friend of yours? Yeah, Jeremy Lampert. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Vicky, Vicky, uh, about the email inquiry. Yes, uh, if you don't mind, if Vicky, I don't know if you have Twitter, uh, drop a DM to Fightful and I'll pass it to you. But we also have a contact form on our site. So if you have any inquiries, you can check that out. Um, we've got Nakamura defeating Ricochet via Bronson Reed. Now this one, I was like, I don't know if I needed. I mean, I think, I guess it pretty much went to no contest. It wasn't even a defeat and maybe they'll go to a triple threat or something, but like, also, yeah. Ricochet and Nakamura are headed for the ladder match, and Bronson isn't. I, why did this happen? I don't know, and I, I, I get frustrated by finishes like this in general. But when it's a yeah. match, I also really wanted to see, like, just show me Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet, please. I want to see the match. I don't know why this happened. I'm guessing maybe Bronson Reed is going to be in some last chance qualifier, perhaps at some point, but they seem to be pushing some sort of feud with him and Shinsuke um, based on, on the past couple matches we've seen, which I, I don't hate that idea at all, but I don't like setting it up like this. This is silly. Silly, I say. Yeah. Isaac Shetter says, what are your thoughts on what they've been doing with Reed every week? He seems to be getting louder reactions every other week. So, One of the things Fightful Select had reported along the way when a lot of people said Johnny's not getting reactions, Bronson's not getting reactions, Cross, Hit Row, anybody. I talked to a WWE higher up that highlighted to me, one, none of these people were supposed to step in and be main eventers. Even Cross, who was involved with the the Drew McIntyre thing. The goal was for Triple H to add depth, and two, 
he wanted as a personal goal every time these people came back to the building each like say they were in philly last year he wanted their reaction this year in philly to be bigger than the one the year prior he wanted them to be more over every time they got to a certain place so uh, i think that's happening with a lot of these people especially bronson reed he needs to win some damn matches though and man The podcast listeners who heard the jellyfish story unprompted. No, it wasn't unprompted. Oh, it was I prompted. Telling, it Just was missing prompted. from audio form. Yeah. I had erased it from my brain. It was a an ancient story. <laughs> mm. Uh I don't know. I I feel like if you bring Johnny Gargano back, you, he should be, if not a main eventer, he should be in a mid-card title picture. Like I, I think that has been a misuse. But Bronson Reed, I think you can have be in this role and and build to things when you need them to. Like I, I like him being kind of that guy who's a hired gun or you can have him on his own, just being a wrecking ball. Like I, I feel like he's going to always be so believable because of his sides and the way he performs in ring that you can, you can kind of like put the heat on him when you need to and, and take the foot off the gas when it's, it's a little bit more convenient. Heyman promotes SmackDown. Jay Uso is going to pick between Jimmy and his uh, tribal chief, Roman Reigns. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are like, ugh, brand split, but I'm like, nah, I saw that number on Friday. They probably need to put Heyman on this show. Like, it's, it's, I, I see why they're doing it, and that overcomes any, any inconsequential brand split. But that happened as well. We got Zoe defeating Natalia. We had a little bit of interference here, but we knew Zoe was going to win this. Zoe is very clearly poised for something here. And Zoe is one of those talents, like I mentioned earlier. She had a, a bit of a run on NXT. She did some stuff. But when you talk to her at these media events, you see that she is so clearly ready from a maturity standpoint to be on the main roster, an in-ring standpoint to be on the main roster, and also... She's got one of the best finishers in wrestling. I just want, in the same night, someone to both take it right and shoot it right yep. because yep. they yep. never happen at the same time. <laughs> Either somebody takes it incredibly and the camera misses it or somebody takes it like crap and they get the greatest shot of it. But Zoe had to win this. Definitely had to win this. Natalia obviously kind of just playing the role she always plays here. Uh, I agree that the interference was not necessary, especially after the way Natalia just lost to, to Rhea. You probably didn't need to go out of your way there. But you know what? You have Trish Stratus backstage. Look at her. Running her out there is not going to hurt anything. Um, this was this was perfectly, perfectly fine. This was... Um, I, I agree with you. They They either miss when somebody actually takes her finisher well or... People are just trying to get out of it, and I can't blame them. I think she does it better than probably anybody in the industry. So um, really, really uh, good start for Zoe on the main roster. I was a little nervous about how she might be presented. I feel like her being kind of under Trish's wing and working with Becky is a great call. So I like to see that. I like when there's intentionality with an NXT handoff to the main roster. It's not always the case, so I like it. Meet Norma says goodnight. See some of y'all tomorrow. May Gabagool be with you, Toodles. We just love seeing Meet Normas here. And with your Connor support. Augustine says, is Wesley having one of the most underrated title reigns in wrestling? So good. Man, I talked about maturity with Zoe Stark. I 
maturity with Wes Lee, who went from one company without all of his teammates, lost his remaining teammate, and then seamlessly transitioned to just being an outstanding champion, and especially in big match situations, really, really delivering and always solid. All it's almost never bad. It, you know, the cha- maybe like th- that one Tony D match and one Lorenzo, the Lorenzo matches what weren't eh, but everything else has been pretty good. Like that guy has been doing a really good job. I think uh, you you watch NXT pretty regularly. Sure. I watch it every Tuesday, Sean. I He's had a, a really, really, really great reign. And the only thing that's kind of missing from it so far, I think, is that emotional investment one-on-one story. They've been, run a lot of multi-man type stuff with him. I would love for them to follow up with this Tyler Bates stuff in a true one-on-one feud because I, in-ring-wise, I think there's just a lot of special things to be tapped into there. But I, I would just like that as a part of this reign where it's not always triple threats or five-man ladder matches or whatever that looks like. Like, give me that depth because he's a very natural promo, too. So I, I would like yeah. to see them lean into that a bit. Vicky, uh, if you're asking how to, to make an inquiry on Fightful, uh, you go to our main page, you can scroll down to the bottom, and we've got a button uh, underneath our logo that says Contact, and you can fill that out, and uh, we will get that email. So uh, there you go. Easy Breezy says, okay, any plans for Theory soon? His reign is starting to get stale for me. I mean, they they had him associated with Pretty Deadly, which I think is good to kind of give them the rub a little bit. But um, I would actually love to see something with like maybe LWO. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, I think that they could do... I Honestly, I think that Santos Escobar should be United States champion if they're not going to go full tag team with he and Ray, because I would absolutely love he and Ray versus KO and Sammy too. That would be fun. Uh, but I think that would, would be beneficial. Somebody says, what rub, LOL. I don't know. Maybe the guy that just beat John Cena being in the ring with these two guys that nobody knows that, that helps a little bit. We the got twin magic spot on Friday was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. They're so much fun. K775 says, where do you think Becky and Trish Zoe story is going? I suspect Trish costs her money in the bank. They do a rematch at SummerSlam, but they do a tag match. Zoe, Trish, Becky, TBA between. I Either that or they do that at SummerSlam. I would love it if it was Beth or Mickey. Mickey is technically a free agent. And I think that would be a nice coming full circle moment to have... Trish and her understudy against Becky and the woman who was who wanted to be Trish's understudy at one point. I think that would be a nice approach. But um yeah, I, I think if that, I'm taking that finisher when I just had cracked ribs though, man. <laughs> maybe she, oh Becky, Becky and Mickey are winning that match. They're winning that's that fair. Match, that's fair. <laughs> I'll tell you what's also fair. My night's sleep with Helix Kate. Tell me more. I'll tell you more. How about this? Helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Before there ever was a Helixsleep.com slash Fightful, I invested in my sleep. I got a Helix Sleep mattress. It was during the pandemic. I was sleeping on a slab of memory foam. I wanted something better. And uh, somebody said, invest in your sleep. Get something that you know is going to work. So I looked up the best mattresses. I found GQ. I found Wired. I found, uh, I think it was... uh, 
Forbes, there were a bunch of them, uh, Good Housekeeping, uh, Tuck, all kinds of places that had this as their best mattress, and that's Helix. You go there, you take a quiz, they match you up with the mattress that's right for you. They've got everything. they got mattresses for kids, mattresses for plus-size sleepers, mattresses if you run hot, ones that help align your spine. They have Lux mattresses, which is what I got matched to, and it helped me go from just a back sleeper to a side and back sleeper, which keeps me asleep longer. And right now, you get 20% off site-wide and two free dream pillows with a mattress purchase and free U.S. shipping. Not only that, they've got great finance plans for you, so you can pay as you go, and you get a 100-night risk-free trial. So for any reason you don't like it, they'll come back and they'll pick it up for you, even though you're not going to do that. Let's be real. You're not going to do that. Helix is sleep designed for everybody. It is just drastically changed the way that I sleep. A 10 to 15 year warranty, free US chip, shipping, again, financing as low as 0%. And they've got 30,000 plus five star reviews. There is a review there that says this mattress literally saved our marriage. There is a review there that says more supportive than my parents. Listen, if you got terrible parents, if you've got a terrible significant other, Helix is there to help. Helix is the therapy you need. Basically counseling. I it heard is. it's seven star reviews in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, there you go. There you go. I can tell you when I'm anywhere else, I'm wishing I was in uh, my Helix sleep bed. Well, that's because you're doing coast to coast from bed to bed in your hotel rooms when you're other places. <laughs> That is true. Um, I I do frog splashes, all kinds of stuff. It's great. SAS says, it's very common to hear a company not push a wrestler with superstar potential. Do you know of any case that it was the wrestler who didn't take advantage of the opportunities given to them? Yeah, Carlito. Carlito, very, very famously, uh, one of Ric Flair's best promos he ever did was on Carlito backstage where uh, Carlito was leaving with, I can't remember who he was with, but Ric Flair cut a promo on him and it was to play off those real life scenarios. They saw a lot of potential in him. They saw if he would have dedicated himself the way that he has now, I think that Carlito would have been a world champion. So uh, absolutely him. But now I hear nothing but good things about how he is to deal with. And Cody dealt with Dominic tonight. I love this, and I love it because I know that Alex is going to hate it so much. I also hate it. Oh, well, I just but, want to say, all due respect, down. Kate, all due respect, you're dumb. Because this is amazing, Kate. I don't think that's how respect works. All due respect. I have my PhD in you, chicken stop, tenders, and you're coming stop, out you're, here calling me dumb. You're thin-skinned. You need to be tougher. That's what people always tell me. They'll say the worst things and they go thin skinned. Oh, that's what you are right sappy. now. Oh. <laughs> uh, shout out Sap. He blocks everybody that doesn't agree with him on the internet. So I am being oh. very mature oh, and complaining. Oh. Yeah. I'm being very mature and complaining about what another adult male does with his Twitter. He hit a button, and I he needs to be more professional. Oh, be a professional. Oh. You hit a button. Oh, oh God. My eyes about penises, and Brian Danielson. Be a oh. professional. 
Of that he eats a lot of apples. You don't even write it, but I'm so bad. <laughs> well, you're dumb and let me tell you why. Sure, tell me why I'm the dumb one. The most over baby faced <laughs> on the roster. A major draw has single-handedly increased live event sales and viewership uh, as far as PLEs go against the heel that gets the highest reaction on the show. That's what this is. That's what we're seeing right now. Dominic interrupts Cody on Miz TV. Cody had some nice burns. I did like him going, oh no, please do not boo Dominic. This is rude. He said that Dominic has a worse prison tattoo than him. That is incredibly <laughs> self-aware. That's incredibly self-aware. And Dom slaps him, which I love. The crowd does the usual Dom thing where they don't let him talk. And Rhea cuts him off. I can't wait to watch Cody Rhodes hit six crossroads in a row on Dominic. I love it. Why do you not like it? Uh, because I don't think Dominic's a very good wrestler. <laughs> and Have you ever heard the term that Paul Heyman used that really defined ECW? It was accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. So I will say this. Have I, you heard that? I, I I have heard that. Okay. Thank you for explaining it to me as I am here's simply what, a woman. <laughs> here's what I admire about WWE. They looked at Dominic and they go, he doesn't have any positives. <laughs> so let's just accentuate okay, everything. Okay. Let's take a beat here because you just said, why don't you like this? And you just said he doesn't have any positives. He doesn't have yes, any positives. Yes, Sean, no. you solved the mystery. Incredible. His whole thing is that he was a product of nepotism and is protected. His whole thing is he's not good. And I am okay with that being how he gets heat, especially if other people benefit from that heat. And right now, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, of late, Rey Mysterio, have all benefited from that heat. And Cody Rhodes, like he needs it, is going to benefit from that heat as well. And furthermore, Dominic does. It creates a fun live event experience for the audience. They are putting smiles on faces, you miserable goober. Yeah, I'm a miserable goober because I like to watch wrestlers that have a single upside. Sean, imagine that. He does. There is a locker room full of people who are good at this. I would rather watch them. I'm also admittedly well, a nerd my time that i was spending before watching raw today i was watching four pillars of heaven agpw matches i'm sorry for partying okay you should be it's not for me it's not for me at all um i don't like it i think it's a waste of cody rhodes um I think oh. Brock is going to cost him, and I think that is gross. I want to adjust this right here. Alex Sauergraps says he's bad at everything. Why is he on TV so much? 
Alex, I'll ask you this because I don't know how it works uh, in Wisconsin. Do you have a volume button, my friend? That's why. So this is... Look, the metrics are there. That doesn't mean I have to like it. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it for the product. I think it sets your locker room back. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, God bless them for making money. Locker room back? How? He Uh, in there biting people? Lee is on NXT. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good thing. They they want people like Mustafali. Positively, heel Ali versus Cody Rhodes. Literally any day of the week in the ring. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, guess what, Playboy? You get to watch Mustafa Ali on Friday in a Money in the Bank qualifying match, and you get to see him make NXT talent better, and you get him to go back to Triple H and say, <laughs> nah, this person in NXT sucks ass. Don't bring them up. <laughs> so you get the best I of all worlds. I can't Playboy. <laughs> I did. I'm not skating past you just playboy i would rather watch i know this is crazy for some people wrestlers who are good and (laughs) stupid but like my thing is okay once this angle is over what are you gonna do with the kid um and i say kid because that's how they treat him on the show maybe nothing Maybe that nothing. would be an ideal scenario for yours truly. Your Playboy Kate would prefer that be the case. Um, I get it. I get what they're doing. I don't actually think it's it's not the best idea for a few reasons. One, if he's as over as you claim to be, and Cody is as over as he claims to be, why are you not offsetting that? But I also understand that this is probably a a stopgap on the way to rocking Cody three at SummerSlam, right? Um, and also, anytime Rhea Ripley is on my screen, God bless because she's amazing. Bugs Bunny <laughs> says when Sour Graps takes over the chat. Call me crazy says Dom for the bank. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate Dominic as Money in the Bank winner. I wouldn't over hate LA Knights. Um, I no. actually, <laughs> if they were on the same brand, I actually wouldn't mind them feuding over the briefcase. Like with Dominic winning and then LA winning it from him after Dom teases a few cash ins. Cause I think there is some good TV in Dom teasing cash ins <laughs> than not doing it. I just think but, it's messed up that you want Alex to die of a heart attack. <laughs> but LA Knight, Jesus Christ. So uh, I do th- I think I do want to address about LA Knight. Like there were people like last year saying, Oh, he's the leader for money in the bank. I had people in creative in February that are like, we ain't even discussed money in the bank yet, but they obviously saw the positive reception to people claiming that he was the favorite. And now they're hearing the positive reactions. Everywhere and, the guy uh, goes, man. Yeah. What a, and, um, I, I've seen him do it as a face. Cause I, I was watching him in NXT too. He can do that as a face and a heel. Like he's one of those guys where it's just a couple of adjustments but he's still getting those crowd reactions regardless of how he is going to go about his business. I, I think it would be a very good thing for him to have the briefcase because he would know how to how to make that work as a device that's hanging over the head of a product for a long time. Uh, Alex is raging in the chat. <laughs> they already buried money in the bank when Theory cashed in the U.S. during an open challenge. I agree. That is one of the worst money in the bank moments of all time. And... Even though I am optimistic about the first Triple H Money in the Bank, 
I certainly am not optimistic about his first decision about money in the bank because that happened under him. And also, uh, <laughs> he's saying they're booing him because they hate having to watch him because he sucks. No, they <laughs> like booing him, Alex. And he says that they will uh, that he will also take all of those crossroads badly because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this man is on vacation. Okay, he sent me the, the sweetest picture of his daughter earlier, and now uh, he's, he is so committed to the game. He deserves it too. He's he's done. Him and MJF are the same age, man. That's my thing. Like, John, come on, bro. Jonathan Corona says, "Who has more heat, Dominic or Don Callis?" I think I think Don Callis, based on what I saw, and I think there's more juice behind that too. Call me crazy says, "Hope we get Dom versus Cody for the Money in the Bank qualifying match. That would be cool. I would like that." That is good. And Dom wins. <laughs> Playboy ain't here that. All right. <laughs> oh my God. I would love it if like Brock runs down and Dom's like, oh, not again, and just shits his pants because he's afraid of Brock from his first uh, appearance. He's just cowering in the corner while Brock beats the shit out of Cody. You know what? I can't. Uh, this I cannot argue with right here. <laughs> Adversity. Uh, call me crazy. Says the boos today were loud. Him beating Cody would be major. I need Dom then to gloat that over Seth. I'm so invested in this. Now listen, there is an entertaining, absolute troll run with Dominic. If he beats Cody and he rubs that in Seth Rollins' face. I think it's, I, I would enjoy it from a television perspective. I'm not the type of person that says, eh, I'm going to watch Twitter burn. I think that's stupid. I think that's dumb. No, no you, you, just block, you just block them. <laughs> you just block everybody that you don't like. That's my favorite one that I see. They go, he blocks everybody that doesn't agree with him about wrestling. I've never blocked somebody for disagreeing with me about wrestling. I've blocked people for giving you me co-host even... with people who you disagree with about wrestling. It's wrestling. I block people who even give me a slightly weird vibe, and I'm just like, I ain't dealing with you again. And if you hit up Kyler on the Fightful account, and you say, shit, my bad. Can he unblock me? Then I unblock you. But uh, let me tell you guys. I don't give a f- fuck if you like what i like in wrestling i got other stuff to do like blocking people <laughs> bizarro big l says actually wrong one mr showtime says hello miss kate hello pops me every time ms dances and sings his guest song decent raw with great wrestling throughout sgs four 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 life big oh, yeah. thank you i'll say this too I really liked Miz tonight on this Miz TV. Thought he was Him good, saying yeah. his first name was The, <laughs> and his last name was Miz Pottsy, and him saying, you look dashing tonight, I also loved, because was good. I, I really love dashing Cody Rhodes, like, sincerely. <laughs> that was good. One LT photo says, where's Charlotte? Just time off after a long vacay. Well, FightfulSelect.com. Best $5 in the business, my friends, I'm telling you. Reported last week that Charlotte Flair and Liv Morgan were scheduled for a movie, actually not far from here, in Louisville, Kentucky in June about Mildred Burke. Uh, so that's where she is right now. 
Broadway Joe says, good episode. Vince has still got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Rollins and Priest still got it. We got the Rollins promo. I loved his suit tonight. And uh, he talked about the open challenge and Balor and Priest pop up. They are without Dominic. They are without Rhea, who are at the show, obviously. But Rollins is like, all right, how about you do it without Balor, too? And Priest is like, okay, I will. I will. And we see a little bit of tension there. But what we also saw was an absolute hamper of a match. Over 20 minutes this happened. But what I loved was Finn Balor coming out was set up by a specific line that Rollins threw out. Finn Balor couldn't help it because Damian Priest is like, yeah, your reign's going to be about one week long. Rollins goes, that at least it'll be longer than this, guys. Which, by the way, was Seth's fault due to a buckle bomb. Ooh, and then it plays into the match. We see pedigrees, we see buckle bombs outside. This match absolutely humped. One of my things that I loved so much about Roman Reigns' early reign was that you would see these big title matches on SmackDown. It felt like a big fight. Seth Rollins, Damian Priest. I knew Priest wasn't winning this title, but this felt like a big fight. Before we talk about the very last shot, I just thought that the way that they set this up and they set up the last shot and the match was amazing. Damian Priest has always been a main event level caliber. He was main event level caliber for WWE when he was in ROH as Punishment Martinez. Uh, wrestling 10-minute sprints with like Marty Skrull on pay-per-view and shit like that. Like he's always been this good like the last five or six years. I was just thrilled with this. A world title match on Raw? Hell yeah, give me that. Yeah, I, I, it feels like in a <clears throat> kind of more gentle way, like Seth Rollins has something to prove with this title raid. Like he, this is going to be the workhorse title. He is going to show everybody what he can do as a champion, as a leader, the matches he can put on, what it feels like to have a program when you have a world title on it that matters, like, not in an ego-driven way, it doesn't feel like, but it does feel like he is taking a lot of pride in this early on. Um, Damian Priest getting to shine basically in everything he's he's done, especially since Puerto Rico up until now. Some of the best selling that you will just ever see. The way this guy sells is is mm -hmm. art to me. Um, and I, I mentioned it before, like I've been on this like technical wrestling kick watching all these these incredible spots, but sometimes you just need like somebody jumping off a barricade and running into an enormous uppercut. Like sometimes that's a whole heck of a lot of fun too. We got a lot of that in this main event, but loved the setup. This was a very um, natural through line. I think there's a lot of fun to be had with Finn and Seth here as well. Um, I would love to see this type of work with this title, like making other people feel really important. Um, even in losses, it just feels like, with the work that Seth Rollins is capable of putting on with the right opponents, it's just going to feel like even when people are losing, they're not losing. It's going to feel important, I think. And this was a great symptom of what I think will feel like a new era on, on raw. I, when asked last week, if Seth should do 
open challenges for this. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't want that. I would rather somebody earn it and then get it, which I do feel like primarily. But when you're having matches like this, how am I going to complain about that? How am I going to be like, all right, this, this was good. And also it shows that he's, he's open to facing all comers. I do look at, at Finn's recent history and I'm like, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Also, You've seen this match twice since November already, including last month. Seth won both of those. But there is a lot of history behind them and them around the title specifically. And what we have seen out of Finn Balor, Finn Balor's reinvigorated his career over the last year. Judgment Day has been just amazing, I think. But we get this stare down at the end and we've got Damian priest who did not look happy that, that Balor was there, but Balor couldn't handle, he couldn't take the disrespect that Rollins showed him earlier. And we saw a little bit more of the serious side come out of him. And uh, we've got Vicky L saying SRS and Kate redemption for Balor. That could be what he wants. He wants redemption four years ago. He could, he could look at that Roman Reigns thing and he said, that could have been me. I could have held that thing for however many thousand days and it got cut short at one. There's a lot here. Joel Wood says, apparently when Raw went off the air, Seth wanted to shake Judgment Day's hand. Priest shook it. Finn didn't. Chancellor teasing a Priest face turn and being released, re- replaced possibly by McDonough. So, uh, hold on one second. J.D. McDonough was... Not seen on tonight's show. Kate, your thoughts? <laughs> Looks great right here. Um, I would say the <laughs> the fashion of that doesn't rival Seth Rollins, but I, I think that J.D. McDonough replacing Dominic would be the way I would go, and not just because I'm a Dominic hater. Get out of here! Listen to what I have to say! please don't you feel like those three guys vibe a little bit more like sincerely no to me what i like so much about dominic is he is so very clearly a sore thumb like he is so very clearly a pretender i feel like you can only drag that out for so long but i will say but right now it's working pretty good for some people yeah Um, everybody there I, I think the way J.D. McDonough works in ring-wise and the character that he has, if they get away from the Dexter stuff that he was doing in NXT, I I think it could be a really, really, really fun fit with those guys, no matter which way that you go about it. Um, and to your point about Finn and, and Seth having already had two matches since November, I don't think they really told the story that is the story between the two of them and those. Like that's that's what I like is I I think that um the most personal piece of it has not been has not been told yet. And I'm and, I and want we, them to go there. We did see Finn scouting JD McDonough recently. Uh Bizarro Big L says kind of weird how the show gets better when you focus on the wrestling. Dom's Latino heat and that Seth dig on Balor. My brain is hurting realizing Roman's new belt is just a toned down Snoop Dogg gold belt. Honestly, just makes raw belt number one. I mean, I I like the way that that belt looks. I do wish that they would have done a bigger overhaul because now you've got effectively the same design scheme for over 10 years. I know there are some weirdos that are like, it's a different belt. It's not, 
it is the same basic design shape side plate type of thing with some very minor alterations uh but i like that they switched it to gold now i wish they would just clean up the women's stuff <laughs> the women's title situation that i ask about every single week now <laughs> and never get an answer uh last call for super chats and humper chats big thank you to louise uh, we've got big uh, SAS saying, in order to make the world title more significant, do you have money in the bank and Rumble winner go after that title? It's all about the certain situation uh, to me. It's all about the particulars of that situation. What makes the best story? For money in the bank, I have them go after both of them. I have them pop up on both shows, show up everywhere. I mean, I think it's a golden ticket. It's a crutch that you use to make things more fun and entertaining begging for them to have a women's money in the bank winner hold it for longer than a day too because we've not really seen that play out but uh dick burn show says you think they're making new women's belts right now they've okay they've been quite more quiet about specifically developing belts but not the idea about them I'm always hearing that they're having new belts created or made, and there's tons that have never been used. So uh, I haven't necessarily heard that, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, some programming notes this week, guys. Uh, we've got a shuffle on like everything <laughs> this week. So Denise is off tonight. Kate's here. Alex is off tomorrow. Kate's there. I'm off Wednesday afternoon. And right now the plan is for Chris Van Vliet to join Jimmy Van for listing your boy and Joel Pearl to join him on list goes on uh, Wednesday night. We're going to have a, a new face uh, that uh, you guys haven't seen before. A fellow named Tyler is going to be or slated to join me Wednesday night because Alex is out. And then uh, Friday, I don't give a damn because I don't work Friday. So and Thursdays, sir, mm -hmm. Thursday, we have the ROH and impact show. Where we have all of our hosts because they show up. They're committed. Yeah. Okay. And Fridays, I'm also committed. Sean doesn't come to work on Fridays anymore. Speaking of new faces, Riccicino, Iridian Fierro, and uh, they will be joined by Cresta, who you guys know from the Impact Show, on the Collision Post Show starting next week. I will be occasionally dropping in on both the SmackDown and Collision shows as an insider. But on FightfulSelect.com, I'm going to work on doing something where I do a, a, a short like Collision and SmackDown recap. I don't know what kind of time frame we're looking at there. But FightfulSelect.com will have even more. We got Broadway Joe saying, have Cena go after the new title to break the record. That would do a lot to legitimize it. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that would be kind of cool if they did that. Uh, we've got Call Me Crazy saying Dom wins Money in the Bank, cashes in on Roman and wins. Rhea goes, hey, I'm the SmackDown champ. Put me on SmackDown. Set up Bianca and Rhea. Finn and Damian win the tag belts. I especially believe that Dom should win the Money in the Bank and cash in on Roman and win. That should for sure happen. Louise, can you just block people who are bullies like that? Tell the people what you got going on, Kate. <laughs> Uh, well, normally on Mondays, I'm with Alex Pulaski on the Fightful Select show here, but Tuesday Sour Graphs will be a gamble tomorrow. Tune in to find out how we try to replace Alex, but Wednesdays, I'm at the Mark Order podcast talking all things all elite. 
Thursdays and Fridays on the main Fightful channel as well. And Sundays, for some reason, Joel and I are on Fightful overbooked to a Kate and Joel call it in the ring at eight o'clock. So join us Fightful, there. FightfulSelect.com on Tuesday. I will have the Backstage Report podcast. For those of you who don't know, that is like a 15, 20 minute look at our scoops over the last week. We provide some more uh, exclusive info. It's like uh, it's like a Fightful hotline by God. Just... Uh, with a lot more erotic talk. Leave a thumbs up. Until next time, we're out.